Coffee with Colby, episode 17. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Colby, the show that's all about helping you put your best foot forward on your professional path. In the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee, we're going to cover the challenges that crop up in the workplace and how to balance your career and your personal life. This is all the stuff that you need to know that they don't teach you in school. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm Colby Reed, and this is my show. Uh, of course, before we dive into this week's topic, quick friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the content I'm sharing here and you think it would be useful to someone else, uh, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. The first and the easiest is to pop open your iTunes account on your computer, your phone, your iPad, and quickly give us a five-star review. It takes about 30 seconds uh, end-to-end, and that helps raise us up when people are searching for career-focused content um, in their podcast selections. Uh, it would also be awesome if you would share the show on your social networks, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Google+, wherever, and also shoot me messages on Twitter at Colby Reed, C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-A-D-E. If you've got a question, topic for a future episode, would love to hear from you there. So that business out of the way, Today, I want to talk about credibility. See, whether you're brand new in your career and you're trying to wow your boss or prove yourself to your teammates, or you've been working in your career for a while and you want to maybe tackle a new project, or you want to push forward a new initiative, or maybe you want to take advantage of a new perk, like you want your boss to let you work from home, all of that comes down to, at its base, your personal credibility. Your credibility, the credibility you establish within your organization from the minute you start at your job can be the silver bullet to your success. Or if you fail at credibility, it can be the anchor that is going to drag you down. It is going to stunt your professional growth. It is going to block you from having the opportunity to take on new challenges and reap rewards. The good news is, because I'm a very positive gentleman, the good news is there are actually a lot of ways that you can establish your positive credibility at any time in your career. Even if you are walking in the door to your first college internship or your first gig out of school, or you have been working in one industry for 15 years and this is your first job in a brand new career, there are ways, pretty easy ways, that you can establish that credibility in your first few days, your first few weeks, your first few months. And I'm going to walk through those in just a minute. But first, I want to give you an idea of what I mean when I'm talking about the importance of credibility and how that plays into your work. When I was starting in the agency world, one of the things I was really excited about was I had the prospect of being able to work from home. Uh, When you work in radio, as I did you don't work remotely. You need to be in the office, in the studio. There is no, there is no flexibility to that job. The idea of being able to work out of my home office, it almost sounded romantic in a way. I mean, the idea to be working on my couch or in my home office, in my pajamas, no commute, no distractions, the ability to really focus on some work, uh, it really sounded pretty awesome. And at my first agency, it seemed like everyone around me was working from home, but it wasn't something that you could just do. It was something you had to clear with your manager. And after about six months of going in every day, doing the standard commute, my manager, and I, I brought this up a couple times with my manager, and she said, we had to wait, we had to wait, to wait. Finally, she gives me the okay to try working from home one day as a test run. Now, at the time, this kind of felt like she was being a micromanaging pain in the neck. And to be honest, I do think that's an accurate descriptor for her in, in many instances, but 
in this specific instance, I did grow to understand why she was hesitant. And I started to understand that when I had moved to my second agency, because at my second agency, everyone worked remotely because at the time we didn't have an office. We were uh, opening a new, a new location um, in, in the Northwest and there wasn't a physical office space. So everyone on our team was working remotely. And a lot of people in the other offices, they had like five locations around the United States and everyone worked from home for one reason or another. And during this time, while everyone's working remotely, I was actually hearing from colleagues about how they had figured out how to game the system. Like they had figured out how to set up their computer settings and email delivery. So it looked like they were working all day, but reality, they were probably putting in like two hours of actual work online. Um, and I'm sure that my manager at agency number one had run into that kind of behavior. And so before letting me work from home on a regular basis, she wanted to be sure that I was actually able to be productive away from the office. Would I actually be on email? Could people reach me on IM? At the end of the day, could I show her eight to nine hours of actual productivity? And to be fair, this isn't necessarily a sign of someone who's a bad employee. There are some people who work better in an office environment and some people who work better in a self-directed environment. And she wanted to be certain that she was putting me in a position that was going to allow me to succeed and excel. Um, and of course, it will come as no surprise to anyone, but yes, I could be productive during that time. And yes, I did actually work. And after a few months of these kind of hit and miss trial, you know, kind of catch as catch can trial runs, you know, once every few weeks, I'd get a day when I could work from home. I was able to work remotely pretty much whenever I wanted because I proved that I was capable of being a contributing team member even when I wasn't physically in the office. And the reason I earned that privilege, which is really what this is in a way, it can kind of feel like it should be a right, but in reality it's a privilege, was because I had demonstrated my credibility. When given the opportunity, I demonstrated that I could be trusted and productive in my requested scenario. Here's another example of how credibility works. When I applied to my third agency, I was so used to working remotely that I actually negotiated working from home as one of my built-in perks of the job. I was going to be working remotely one day a week and could flex time whenever I needed to. Now, agency number three had never worked with me before. They didn't have a necessity because we weren't moving. So why were they so quick in that instance to trust me and say, okay, we believe that you can work remotely, so we're going to let that happen? Honestly, it was because I had already built my credibility at the first two firms. I had demonstrated that I knew how to generate results and could be self-directed and still be successful. This gave them no reason to be concerned that I could self-manage when working remotely. All of this comes down to a basic principle. In the workplace, trust counts for a lot. Your manager, your manager's manager, they are all on the hook for your work. The more that they believe they can trust you, the more you are they're going to rely on you and the less oversight they're going to feel that you need. But if they don't trust you, they are going to be reluctant to give you opportunities to grow. And this particularly applies when you're starting a new job because if you've been working for a company for two or three or four years, you start to develop a track record as to what type of employee you are. But when you first walk in the door, they may not know a whole lot about you. And especially if you're new to an industry and you don't really have a track record with previous companies, 
you're, you're kind of starting from square one. So the faster that you can demonstrate your capabilities, your trustworthiness, your credibility, the stronger your position is going to be within that company. Okay, so we've established that credibility is important, but it's kind of an abstract concept. I mean, it's not something where you can attach data and figures to it and say, I know that, you know, I, I am credible because of X. It, it's a feeling, it's, a, it's an instinct. So how do you go about establishing this, especially when, you know, if you're fresh out of school and you may not be familiar with the industry yet, or you, this may be your first real professional opportunity, or you may be moving into a completely new field and you're hungry and you're excited and you're ready to tackle whatever new challenges lay ahead of you, but you may not know what they are or how to best engage. How can you build your credibility when you're just starting out? Well, there are actually four basic principles that I've observed that really do wonders for establishing that credibility right out of the gate. Um, these are things that anyone can do in any industry. They don't require a bunch of specific knowledge. They don't require specific knowledge of the company you're working for. They don't require specific skills. But if you follow these four basic principles and four basic practices, there is a very, 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 very good chance that your boss is going to see you as a reliable employee, your team is going to feel like they can count on you, and you are going to start developing that credibility. So at the six, nine, 12-month mark, uh, you can you know, start asking for new challenges. You can feel more confident asking for you know, some flex time here or there if you need something. You, you've, you've kind of built up your cachet. So the first and the most important principle to establishing your credibility is pretty straightforward. Do what you say you are going to do. Whatever you sign up for with within your team, whatever actions you promise to take, you have got to follow through on all of them. This means that you're not leaving your boss hanging on a deadline. If you can see coming down the pipeline that you've got a, a report that's due on the 15th and it's the 12th and there is absolutely no way that you're going to be able to get this report done, you have got to speak up to your manager. You have got to engage them and make sure that they're aware that you need help. Um, come to them with a solution of, or a proposal of, of how to work around this, this challenge. If there's a project that you're working on that you're not going to be able to get done by the previously agreed upon deadline, do not wait until the 11th hour and hand in a project that's not done. I have had employees that have done this before and it drives me crazy because what you need to under, what you need to remember is your, there's a very good chance that the work you're doing is feeding into something that your boss is then feeding into, that your boss is then feeding into, that goes up the chain. So when your work is delayed, it makes your boss look bad because then your boss is potentially late. So you never want to do that. You also don't want to be turning in work that's only half-baked. Um, you don't want to come to your boss at the, you know, at the deadline and hand him a report that's half-done or that's done poorly or rushed because you didn't know what you were doing. You got to raise your hand in advance and say, Hey, I, I need some help on this. I need feedback on this. How is this coming together? Um, the, the only thing worse than coming up on a deadline and not having a project done is coming up on a deadline and finding out a project is half done. And now I've got to scramble to, to finish it, it up. So whatever you do, make sure that you do what you say you are going to do. That is rule number one. Rule number two is about your schedule, and it is simply this. Show up early or on time and leave on time or late. Uh, I have always been somebody who is early into the office. Um, I like to leave 
I like to set a time when I'm going to leave. And unless there's an emergency, I like to walk out the door. So I'm always in early, but if you're supposed to be there from say 8:30 to 5:30, especially in your first few months with the company, it's a really a good idea to be there closer to 8, 8:15 at the latest and maybe hang around until 5:45. Um nothing screams flake like someone who's always cutting out early or rolling into the office 15 minutes past opening. Your boss wants to see that you're putting in that little extra effort to the team and to the work and to help advance yourself. Um, it, it just looks good. Even if you're not able to actually get any real new work done, you know, even, you know, even coming in 15, 20 minutes early, staying 15, 20 minutes past, it looks good. It reflects well on you as an individual. You also are then inoculating against any concerns about how you're using your time. One of the things that, um, can can come up in these conversations when we're talking about new opportunities or you know opportunities for growth or you know, somebody who wants to flex their time or somebody who wants to be able to go to a conference or somebody who wants to be able to do you know something you know, outside of the ordinary with their time can be a question of how are they using their time now are they actually showing up um, are they always rushed are they always behind schedule if you're on top of your game and if you're putting in that extra effort it makes you a much more strong candidate uh, for consideration for other new projects the third thing you need to do to establish your credibility um, is communicate 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 and this is especially good early in your career you don't need to give your boss an hour-long narration of your day, but if you can provide them regular updates on your projects, just like I was talking about in, uh, in, in, in tip number one, how you're prioritizing your work, what your bandwidth looks like, this is a great way. It's called, uh, the term we use in, the term I've, I've heard is, is managing up. It's, it's reporting up, but it's also helping them understand how you're using your time and where you need help from them. One of my all-time favorite colleagues was actually a direct report uh, who, who reported directly to me, and uh, she would send me daily notes when we first started working together, outlining what it was she was working on. There were, you know, five bullet points, and it helped me see how she was spending her her time, when I could expect different pieces from her. It also gave me an opportunity to step in and rearrange if I saw that she was focusing her time on Project A and I needed her to, to prioritize Project B. It also gave me a sense of it, it relieved the it, it helped lower my blood pressure because I didn't have to worry about where she was at on different projects. I knew that okay, project you know projects one, two, and three are proceeding great. Project four needs some extra help. Project five is in trouble. There were no surprises for me. Um, the more that you can communicate about what you're working on, where you need help, ideas that you have, the more proactive you can be in your communications, the stronger that, 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 that helps strengthen the relationship between you and your manager and you and your team. That also feeds us into the fourth and final tip for how to build your credibility. And that is, simply put, be proactive. And this is actually... I shouldn't say simply put, because this is the hardest of the four, in my opinion, particularly when you're relatively new to a, to, a, to an organization. It's easy for you to be proactive when you know the players, you know the assignments, you know that, okay, we've got this event coming up, we need to create this guest list, we need to create this invite, we need to contact this caterer, we need to do this, that, and the next thing. It's a whole other ball game when you're brand new to a team and you're sitting there and you have no idea what's going on or what the players are or what their format is or anything like that. How do you jump in 
and actually make an impact. The easiest thing you can do here is simply ask the question, hey boss, what can I do? How can I help? How can I start uh, contributing to this team? If you can propose a few projects, that's even better. Those are bonus points right there. If you can go to come to your boss and say, hey, I, I heard in today's status meeting that we have this big event coming up in two months. I'm guessing that there needs to be some sort of, you know, of invite list or there needs to be some sort of, you know, catering that needs to be done. Can I help get the ball rolling on those? Um, particularly if you can tie into one of your existing skill sets, like if you're really good at, I don't know, let's say you're, you're good at graphic design. Hey boss, I know that we've got this event coming up and I heard we were talking about it. I, I, I've got some graphic design background. Would it help if I took some time and started working on an invite for this? Um, would it help if I started on this report? Would it help if I started doing, doing this on this? Your manager can still say yes or no, but this is doing two things. It's showing your boss that you're thinking about the, the work and you're thinking about the needs of the team. And you're being a team player, which is great. It also shows that you're not being passive in your job. If, if the worst thing that can happen is someone showing up late with, a, with an assignment, then one of the close, you know, second or third annoying things that can happen is when you have a, a, a staff member, a team member, who's sitting there and waiting for an assignment. When you're working on a team... You want to be proactive. You want to be raising your hand saying, okay, what can I do? Um, you don't want to overfill your, your plate. You don't want to take on 60 hours of work when you've only got 40 hours to the week. But the more that you can proactively be jumping in and saying, I want to be part of the team. I want to help. What can I do? That really looks good from a team perspective. Um, it shows. It, it also shows that you are not going to just sit around and wait passively for an assignment. You are there to work. You want to find a job to do and you're going to get it done. So to quickly wrap that up, the four things that you need to be doing when you're starting a new job and you want to build that credibility so that you can either take on new projects, win over your boss, or start asking for things like the ability to work remotely or flex your time or things like that. The four things you've got to be doing, you've got to be, number one, doing what you say you're going to do. Number two, showing up early or on time or leaving on time or late so that you're, you're stretching your time so that you're not just there the minimum amount of time, certainly not cutting out early and, and, and showing up late. The third thing you got to do is communicate, communicate, communicate. And the fourth thing you got to do is be proactive. And that is it for episode 17. Episode 18 will be coming at you before you know it. Don't forget, as always, that five-star review on iTunes really would appreciate that. And drop me a note over on Twitter at Colby Reed, C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-A-D-E. Make sure to tell your friends how much you love the show. Until next time, I'm Colby Reed, and we'll talk soon. Bye.